You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. And you can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nod of the Scribe. Now, a lot of you had put in last-minute submission questions for the mailbag episode today. We appreciate you for doing that. I think we should be good on the questions, so thanks again for sending us all of your uh, inquiries as to what you want answered. But before we do that, I just want to give a people give the people a little bit of peek behind the curtain as to what happened before we started <laughs> recording. Nada had thought the coach, the assistant coach on the Pacer staff last night that got into it with Goga Bataze was indeed Jeff Foster, a Pacers legend, an Indiana legend. And I didn't know enough about the assistant coach to know that it definitively was not Jeff Foster into which I got way more interested in that story. And I was already pretty interested. Then it led to me looking up Jeff Foster stats Along with Austin Crozier stats, I got into the Indiana Pacer deep cut stat research. And by the way, it led to this take. Jeff Foster was Nick Collison before Nick Collison was Nick Collison. (laughs) Having played an entire career where he wasn't very good with one franchise is way more beloved than anything he did on the court actually calls for. Nick Collison, he is a poser, not a... He suffers from imposter syndrome because Jeff Foster should have his jersey hanging in the rack. Well, I don't. I can't argue with you on that. Like, I really can't. I, in fact, I refuse to argue with that with you on that. So, thank you. You know what? You're right. I am not going to argue. I thought it was. I thought it was Jeff Foster. Come to find out that it was Greg Foster that Goga Batata. If it would have been Jeff Foster, that story would have been. It's already a fantastic yeah. story. If it was Jeff Foster getting into it with Goga, it would have made it that much. Yeah, better. exactly. And there are about five or ten people that are listening. Like, why the hell are we getting into Indiana Pacers talk on a Hornets podcast? But you know what? This is what again. This is the ticket that you bought to the show that you're listening to right now for free. So enjoy it. Trust us. <laughs> Jeff Foster. He is our taller. He is Indiana's taller white Udonis Haslam. That's not as good. Yeah. That's what that's what Jeff Foster is. Essentially, Nicholas and Udonis. They are all in the Mount Rushmore of weird guys that franchises absolutely love. Okay, let's go to the Charlotte Hornets. Who would that? Who, let's go. I have a question that I want to submit in the mailbag. Okay, episode. Let's, Nada, this let's is for go. you at Nada the scribe. Who is at least similar to Jeff Foster, something like that to the Hornets? Is, is there anybody like that that some he doesn't have to have played the entire career because I know that's really tough. Gerald Henderson, but maybe. is there? You think Gerald is like Henderson, that? Yeah, I can't. Henderson. I Not can't think good, of anyone. But he again, he you, when you think of him, you think of him as a Bobcats legend. And I say strictly I think, Bobcats. More, but again, like Gerald Wallace is is too easy. But Gerald Wallace is too good for, to qualify for the Jeff Foster Award. We're talking about guys that that average seven points or less per game in their best season. Oh, <laughs> that and we're we're it's it's so tough. It's to so find tough that. to find I, them because we got to say again, you're basically saying you suck, but we love that you sucked, and we love that you were the human <laughs> yeah. victory cigar. Like that's a tough uh, one. We may have to outsource uh, that question. 
Yeah, I, I think we do. I, I would love to hear from everyone if they were able to think of somebody like that at Walker Mail at Not of the Scribe. It's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks again for joining us. We'll actually get to your questions now. I've already taken too much of your time. I went and rambled about Pacers, deep cuts, and also asked that question about the Charlotte Hornets. Let's get to our first question. Nada, we've got a few. And you first want to put a disclaimer out there. You want to put a wish to all of the listeners to do- to stop doing this one particular thing on Mailbag I, I love Thursday. you guys. Trust me. We appreciate the support. I'm going to need you guys to stop asking us about the big man situation in the offseason. I'm asking this nicely for two reasons. The first is it's not the offseason. We don't know. Second thing is... If we keep answering these week by week, I am assuming you're not listening to the previous mailbags where we end again, where we answered this question. Because again, I love y'all, but we can't keep asking this every week. I can't have this be Groundhog Day. So we're gonna from now on, after we listen, after you listen to this podcast, we are not going to take any more center questions for the rest of the season. So I think it's fair to say that when, because we've gotten a lot of who do you target yeah. and uh, we, we've gotten a lot of that. And I, you know, we brought up Rashawn Holmes. We brought up the kind of bargain bin type of guys. How much do you want to spend money on, you know, big time guys at that spot? Uh, we've discussed that a little bit, but there is a question from the cynical squid, I think is fair. And it's actually led to, in my opinion, a pretty interesting conversation. So the cynical squid writes in, do you think the small ball lineup with PJ at the five is the future going forward, or are the Hornets going to target a quote legit big in a starting capacity this offseason? There are hints as to what you wish we do not answer anymore, Nada. Yes. But I think it does open up an interesting question and conversation as to the small ball usage with this team when you do get an adequate big. Because we've discussed, we think Cody and Biz just might not be on the team. You think maybe Biz again on the vet men. But I think that you have a very real possibility of moving on. I think James Brego is at his wit's end with both of these guys, and he's started to allow us to know that in the postgame availability. But my question to you is when you get, let's say they get an above average big, like somebody that you feel pretty damn good about, not making the all-star team or anything like that, but you actually really like them. What do you do if you're James Borrego with the small ball lineup? Because I think it would be foolish to go away with it, given all the success that you've had with PJ playing the five. It doesn't mean that you stick with PJ starting at five. It doesn't mean that he plays majority of the minutes over this adequate big guy at the five. But you still need to go to that a decent amount, given how successful it's been this year. And knowing Borrego, we know he's going to tinker with that whenever he does get that final piece on the roster, maybe a couple of players. But I would love to continue to see PJ play at least a decent portion at the center spot, even if you get someone that's better than Cody and Ben. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, the best way I could put it is, remember how when the Warriors had the death lineup and Mm -hmm. it would always be one of those situations where they would start the game with a um, center. They would start the game with, like, whether it was JaVale McGee or some other center that would that would be in the lineup. And then closing time, Draymond Green would play center. It's the same thing here. You just need a body to soak up the first 10, 15, 20 minutes because we all know who's going to close the game. It's most likely going to be P.J. Washington 
at the center in closing those games and having those minutes. So you just need a guy that's good enough to start, make sure that he doesn't trip over his own feet, and maybe he blocks a few shots here and there. Like, you just need one of those guys. You just need, like, you almost need a Festus Azeli. Like, and Festus was actually pretty decent. Oh, no, you don't. You don't need Festus. Festus was actually pretty decent, though, before he got hurt. <laughs> like, you just need, like, a Festus. You need a Festus Azeli. You need something along the line, like a JaVale McGee type that's good enough to soak up about 10, 15, 20 minutes, and then PJ can play the rest of those minutes at the five. And just make sure that you pres- preserve them for the playoffs. That's the only thing. You need a big that's good enough to be in your rotation no matter what happens with foul trouble. That's it. Um, I don't know if you saw this article from Matt Moore who talked a little bit about defense in the postseason, but he discussed how much the Charlotte Hornets switch and how much they switch actually kind of calls for you to put more respect on their name once they get into the postseason. And then he mentions PJ Washington, Bismack Biombo, and Cody Zeller all having the ability to stay out there on the floor because you don't have to necessarily just plant them in the paint and beg them not to leave that area. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Granted, their defense isn't extremely good. But when you talk about those guys at least having some switchability, I'm not even saying Biz is playable. I don't even think Cody. Cody's weakest part of his game is post defense, but he can switch. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does get switched a little bit. And PJ, that that's the thing for me. Not a, not only offensively is he such a juggernaut, but I've gone to the block stats for PJ, which also granted is not the end all be all. It's not even crazy important when you discuss post defense uh, post defense and I get that but PJ Washington being top I believe 13 in blocks per game at the moment being top 20 in block percentage at the moment the only guy shorter than him in that top 20 is Matisse Thibault who is a defensive fair, wizard fair enough uh, you know PJ is certainly closing these lineups exactly like you said and it's not even only for offense as you've stated quite a few times it's for the defensive end as well all right let's take a couple of these other questions on the other side of the break I do want to talk to you guys about uh, headspace wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helps you sleep focus act be better there is and if you have 10 minutes headspace can change your life headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy to use app it's one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research so whatever the situation headspace really can help you feel better if you're overwhelmed headspace has a three-minute sos meditation for you if you need some help falling asleep headspace has wind down sessions for their members that they swear by and for parents headspace even has the morning meditations you can do with your kids headspace's approach is to uh, mindfulness they can reduce stress improve sleep boost focus and increase your overall sense of well-being it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits they've got 600,000 five star reviews and over 60 million downloads headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime anywhere you deserve to feel happier and headspace is meditation made simple go to headspace.com slash locked on nba that's headspace.com slash locked on nba for a free one month trial with access to headspace's full library of meditations for every situation this is the best deal offered right now head to headspace.com slash locked on nba today we've got more mailbag questions coming up on the locked on hornets podcast this is locked on hornets i don't like doing that unless like i am totally annoyed i don't drop the big joker in spades or that early 
don't drop the big joker. I only do it when I am officially annoyed and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. I the last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, it's in full swing pun intended, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. And before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great supporting, uh, great sp- sporting news and supporting. They're supporting us, so we appreciate it. You can sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Don't do that. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or, again, use your cell phone to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. Let's get to some of the other questions. We've got plenty. Michael Gallucci writing in Nada. Seeing how incredible the Buzz City minted jerseys are makes me sad knowing how frequently new City Edition jerseys get churned out. What are y'all's thoughts on the shift towards making jerseys more like sneakers with shorter runs to drive collectability, good or bad for fans? This is not necessarily an answer that I'm going to be well versed in. I will say that I am more of a jersey fan than I am a shoe fan. Well, yes. It's just more in your face. I want to see the style. I like the jerseys more than I think I would like to see a new shoe churned out with this kind of frequency. What say you? And this is something we can also ask David next time he appears on. Which is tomorrow, I think. I believe. I think that is tomorrow. tomorrow. I think you're right. Yep, it is his turn. So here's what I would tell you. I would say that I kind of like the limited edition, city edition stuff. Like my favorite jerseys of any thus far of any of the city edition have been the Purple Rain. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves stuff. It's not more than Min yes, City. Yes, much more than Min City. The Purple Rain joints. What are you not? Are you? You're a hater of the oh, Min no, City no, stuff. No, 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 no. I'm not a hater of Min City. I'm just saying the Purple Rain, like the Purple Rain Minnesota Timberwolves City Edition jerseys, are literally the I, best jerseys I've ever seen. Point blank. Fair enough. Period. I thought that's that's my fault. In my head, I went to Purple C H A. Oh jersey. no! Good lord. <laughs> Screw That's those I went to. I was like, jerseys. No, 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 no. What? Fa- no. Okay. If you go to, pr- I, I thought you, I, that was, that was bad. Not a, I was like, I am tripping. Yes, you are. There's no way I've ever heard you say that, but purple rain, the Minnesota city edition jerseys, absolutely those are the, those fine. Are the greatest city ed- edition city. jerseys that you could come up with point blank bar none. I do not care. Like they have the roses and the floral joints on the side of those shorts. I'm sorry. There's nothing you can do. No one can create anything better than that. And those are so limited edition and they are so hard to get. And you know what? That's what makes them dope. So you know what, Michael? I understand that is bad for fans, this, what, this, that, and the third. And so is the Mint City stuff. But at the same time, they're always coming out with new hotness. So there's going to be something that speaks to you. It, Mint City, you weren't there for. Next year, there probably will be. Like, it's just one of those things like you're just going to have it's like double dutch at some point you're going to jump in and not necessarily trip up and, and fall flat on something. So I, I hate to put it that way, but, yeah, it's kind of that way. Well, and, and you can get the benefits and it can be a detriment because you move quickly off of some of the bad city edition jerseys because they're turned out so frequently. But 
when you get a Mint City edition jersey, that's awesome. Then you have to move away from it, maybe in a way we don't necessarily want to. But I still think this is a good thing because we know what the fans like. And this has not not only just Hornets fans, by the way, NBA fans, everyone thinks that the Mint City jerseys, I think, collectively are the best released this year. And if that's the case, what the Hornets can do is stay home to that blueprint. You don't have to stray away. They're wild. The color scheme works. You don't have to put the exact same replica out next year, but you can stay home to something of that effect and I think not miss the mark on it totally. So I, I actually like this. I still say go with the jerseys, but um, we'll see what David says. I'm interested to hear the shoe guy and what his take is on that. Uh, we got another question to go to as well. Uh, Adam Richman writes in, you talked of JB likely having assistant coach losses. Clifford seemed to lose about one a year. We don't see much AC loss, assistant coach loss from Stevens, who's been more successful than both. Brad Stevens, he mentions. Uh, are Hornets assistant coaches easier to lure away due to pay, happenstance, or something else? Or is my perception off on this? Um, he says Stevens. I doesn't say Brad, but I'm just going to assume Stevens, that's yeah. it. I don't know if that's what you thought. But anyway, so yeah, uh, for me, not actually, you kind of look at this. It reminds me of when the Hornets were looking into Jay Laranega, mm -hmm. right? And I had that one bump that was on the podcast for quite some time when Doug was putting it in there. But when Jay Laranega was being considered by the Hornets, uh, by Mitch Kupchak, that was one guy that was being considered and then just never left for another job. We got Ronald Norad from that organization, mm -hmm. right? Ronald Norad had been working as a G League coach within the Celtics organization, but still you took him away from what the Boston Celtics had. So I, I don't, I mean, I get your point, right? Like you would think if you have such success with Greg Popovich, everybody wants a piece from that tree. That might be the same with other coaches out there that I just can't think of at the moment. And Stevens has had some assistant coaches get some inquiries, but just have stayed there. I think it's kind of more coincidental than it is anything that the league. Yeah, thinks. no, like, honestly, that's the thing. Like, I do think that with perceptions and I think what what I do worry about when we when I start talking about teams getting poached and everything like coaches getting poached from this squad i'm thinking more of the development side so if you're one of those teams that struggles with development you're going to look at the charlotte hornets as a model of oh my god these guys have developed set multiple second rounders uh they've developed first rounders if they put miles bridges on a path they put pj washington on a path like these coaches are gonna get poached because team development especially when you're a smaller market team matters so so much because you're not getting the free agents so that's why i kind of see that see it going that route eventually someone's going to take notice i mean for years i know that um steven silas was desired and he decided to stay home because of family stuff that wasn't one of those things where he wanted to stay just because he wanted to stay like or he stayed he wanted to stay because he didn't have offers he always had offers the thing was he just wanted to stay with his family like there's a lot of this like that when you're successful you're going to start seeing a lot of these coaches get poached it's natural it's just how are you going to replace them at this point yeah and, and i'm kind of looking at some of the you know steve clifford 
has a lot of the same guys in place. So Delaney is still with them. You still have Bruce Kreitzer, the really good shooting coach that has been with him for a long time. And you have to just kind of think what's everyone else's intentions. You know, I mean, it, are, are they really looking for that next head coaching job? Tyrone Corbin, we've already seen as a head coach. It's not like NBA teams are knocking down the door to go get him. Um, there is also a black thing to this where black coaches are not given the benefit of the doubt, as we've seen with uh, plenty of coaching hires out there. Steven Silas was able to get one with Houston, and then that just turned extremely ugly. Mm -hmm. But you kind of go to this Indiana Pacers situation, Nada, <laughs> where, what? I mean, it's a complete dumpster fire up there. Nate McMillan gets fired, and I saw Bomani Jones tweet this, and it's the same exact take that I've had. I didn't mind that. I didn't mind that Nate McMillan was fired because of the lack of postseason success, even if I thought he did a pretty good job when he came in for Frank Vogel. But to hire Nate Bjorkren, somebody that young that didn't seem to have served a ton of time, and it was almost the Sean McVay style, mm -hmm. get the young offensive mind that had just touched a, uh, the clipboard of Nick Nurse instead of going after an Adrian Griffin, who is really respected, too. You know, that that there's also that to this. And now Bjorkren can't handle oh, it. Oh, man. You know, so, it, I mean, it, it doesn't look like you can there's handle an it article that came out while we were recording that I want you to read after this, because the more we get into that saga, like I feel bad for Tony East and locked on Pacers like they got to be drinking straight Jack <laughs> out of like out of the bottle while they're recording that, because the, this stuff is who like you don't want to be the, that team. And the closest thing that this team has had in terms of a coaching scandal was the Mike Dunlap and Ben Gordon stuff years ago. But yeesh, yeesh, it's worse. Yeah, this it's is bad. bad. Well, I mean, to see it to see it bear out on the floor, Nada. I mean, for that report to come out, and then the game afterwards, the game. You see an assistant coach get in it, not not with even one of the star players. That's what's amazing about all of this. It's not necessarily that Karis LeVert or Sabonis is getting into it. that you're whatever, like your backup center at the moment with Miles Turner being out your backup center, who is your third stringer, by the way, when Sabonis and Miles Turner are both playing. He is the one pounding his chest saying, sit the bleep yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't get respect from your third string center on a healthy day, then it is a problem with that coaching staff. Woj tried to put out a tweet today that Foster has been suspended, but Bataze and Foster have a good working relationship. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, all right, let's talk about rockauto.com before we go to the last segment because one reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or your food. So why would you choose to spend up to 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Just go to rockauto.com. It's a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So again, I ask you, why do you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection. They've got reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We've got more mailbag questions coming up in the last segment of the Lockdown Hornets podcast. 
This is Locked on Hornets. You have gone to that in an after-school special show, <laughs> and you've gone to that in a shoe show with David Walker, the OG. Yes. I, you have gone back to the clerk's well for so many different references. It's quite impressive. Because clerk, here's the thing, though. Clerks, clerks 1 and Clerks 2 tell you everything you need to know about the service industry and for the most part about life. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today pod on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So we won't have to talk about it here. Maybe we can discuss it tomorrow. But the Bleacher Report article was released as we were discussing Charlotte Hornets topics on the podcast, Nada, and the Bjorkren stuff. It gets wilder and wilder. Basically, I mean, by what? Every 12 hours or so, we're, we're getting worse information it's either the Woj report and then it's the Bataze Foster interaction now that's Bleacher Report article discussing just how bad Bjorkren is to communicate with just awful so um yeah now someone's getting like this is something you clean the entire house in this is not this does not stop at the coaching staff this is something like you have to kill that entire infection like we talking kill it with fire. <laughs> it's it's so bad. It's so bad. What's I mean, that's also a mid market organization, Nada, that has been run extremely well for a long time. And we have mm-hmm. and speaking of mailbag questions, before we were doing the mailbag episodes, over the last three years, we have gotten probably a few questions based on do you model your organization after a Toronto Raptors team? after an Indiana Pacers team. How do you get to those mid-market organizations that have been well-run? And that's not it. They finally flounder (laughs) with that coaching hire. They flounder in a big way. It doesn't mean that they can't get out of this, but they flounder in a big way with that coaching hire. All right, let's get to some of the other questions real quickly. Justin Fields fan. He's at the Carolina Panther. I think it's a Cam Newton picture that he has. And yes. so he's not gone over Justin Fields not being a Carolina Panther, I don't think. And I'm kind of with you. Wish I would have seen that, too. Anyways, he writes in this. How annoyed should we be that the Hornets family or for Hornet? I got this small print Hornets family. That's what I said. Hornets finally have a top eight team, and yet they still miss the playoffs, potentially to the 10th seeded team a year after the 10th seed. Also, the Hornets get left out of the play-in. Nada, are we allowed to be annoyed by this? No! Like, here's the thing. Like, how? why, why are you... Why, uh, my first... <laughs> like, this, like, I'm mad about are this. Are you that angry? Yes, because it's like everybody wants to do this woe-is-me shit, and I'm sorry, but... This is like, uh, why are we doing this woe is me? Oh, we should have been a top four seed and injury stopped us. Oh, we sh- like, did anybody die, Walker? Did someone like suffer career ending injury or something along the lines of that? Like, they did not. Were we, again, and here's the other question Was this team going to win a championship this year? No, they were not. That is true. I am answering all of the, like, I don't know if these team- are rhetorical. They seem rhetorical, but I continue to answer them anyway. No, th- th- but thank you. Like this is my this is my problem with this entire like store like what was me stuff that I'm seeing from the fan base. Oh, we're we're just gonna be in the eight seed or the nine seed or the ten seed, and we're gonna have a playing game. And this like where where were you expecting before the season started? Were you expecting thirty something wins? Were you expecting probably the rookie of the year this year? What were you expecting? I'm going to stick up because for my boy Justin Fields fan here real quick, Renata. 
Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. He says annoyed. He doesn't use the term angry, or angry or upset or woe is me or anything like that. I think I just lost puberty there when I talked. But he doesn't. He's not mm-hmm. angry or mad or anything. He just says annoyed. And I think you can still understand that this is a Hornets team that wasn't supposed to be here, and yet they are. And you don't get the playoff experience that you would have gotten last season. And I think it's okay to at least contemplate what this situation would have been like in a year that we didn't see a play-in tournament. What you could have seen, you could have seen the Hornets get in that eight spot, have a first-round series, yes, against a team that would destroy you, but that's going to happen anyway. That's going to happen in the play-in tournament if they win, and then you get in as that final seed to face one of these top three teams. They're still going to destroy you, so you could have just gotten in outright and at least been guaranteed four games, and I think that's okay. I think it's okay to say, you know what? It's awesome to be here. No one expected the Hornets to be in the top eight seed, and yet here you are, and the Hornets could have been an eight seed last year and you could have gotten at least four games. And then and I think all of these things can be true. I think you can understand that we shouldn't have been here and be happy that they're also participating and also think, huh, I wonder what it would have been, well, uh, what it would see, have been like pre pandemic. I think all of that's okay. With the Hornets being the way they are and with there be, still being seven games left in this season, are we sure this team is holding on to the eight seed? Especially now, granted, we don't have to worry about Indiana. Indiana is its own burning ship. What I do worry again with the team I do worry about is Washington. And even though they have the tiebreaker, it's not a guarantee that this team was making eight anyway. I'm expecting them to fall to nine because that's just there's only so many bodies you can lose, and the schedule gets a lot tougher starting next week. Like, at some point, we have to adjust our expectations. And I understand that fan is short for fanatic, but at some point, we just got to, like, address reality here, guys. This team was ahead of schedule. They gave you really great games when they were healthy. The season that they had, the season that we've had does not, is not conducive to staying healthy. And they did the best they could ahead of schedule with an incomplete roster because they're still not a real center on this team. I think, I yeah, by the way, who do you think they should target in the offseason? <laughs> Don't kill me. I hate now, you. now you're going to be I angry at you. me. I think you're okay, Justin Fields fan. I think you're okay to at least be a little annoyed. I think going back to that Matt Moore piece real quickly in the Action Network, he did say it was like an 80% chance that the Hornets are going to finish as an eight seed or higher, basically within that seven or eight range. So we'll see if that does come to fruition. Uh, I want to get to the Project C question maybe later, like maybe at a later episode. He did say the Levine return in time to play Charlotte made me wonder this for a possible mailbag someday. Who are the all-time Hornet killers? I mean, I've got a few that come to mind anyway. I he Zach Levine, I looked his numbers TJ up. TJ Warren and Zach Levine are like first team, all team Hornet killers. Terrence Ross is up there. You too. said, you said, who was your first name besides Zach Levine? TJ Warren. TJ Warren for sure. I mean, yeah, I, TJ I went off on him last year for just destroying the Hornets. Tobias Harris is someone I immediately think of. Mm-hmm. Another name That's that I, another name I thought of just because I can't get over what he did to the Hornets in 2017 when Boban Marjanovic had 19 <laughs> had 19 rebounds and 15 points in 22 minutes of play. Not a, he played over 20 minutes and he almost averaged a rebound per minute. 
And he also went to the foul line and I think hit, hit nine of his 11 free throws, if I'm not mistaken. So Boba, I looked at a couple of other games he played too, and just highly efficient, not much minutes in those games, but Boban, I just, I always get scared. I always have that reaction from that 2017 performance. And last question, Kel writes in best burger in Charlotte, cowbell versus cowfish and five guys versus smash burger. I am only equipped to answer one of these questions. Nada. I'm only equipped to answer five guys versus best burger in Charlotte. Well, it's ace number. It's ace number three. And it's not close. Well, she's giving us, or they are giving us, I apologize for not seeing the Twitter handle. I just know it's Kel. I'm assuming uh, that yeah. they're just asking between cowbell and cowfish and five guys versus smash burger. So I would say smash burger over five guys. Smash burger's good. Smash burger over five. Yeah. Smash burger. Smash burger's dope. It is really I, good. I miss like, I really do miss their old, um, they used to have a Carolina classic burger and I would throw some jalapenos on mm, that. Jalapenos are great. Jack. God, I love jalapenos. Yes, they are. Fresh jalapeno is always it makes a burger better. Always fresh or pickled. Fresh. If give give again, if you give me those pickled stuff, I will I will throw it back at. You. Is it like that? They're both so good. Yeah. You are you are all or nothing. <laughs> you, yes. You want fresh yes. and give me the fresh one. They're both so good. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Hollinger and Duncan. Really, any show in the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We've got David Walker on with us tomorrow. <laughs>